Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. Before we dive into today's episode, we'd like to invite you to subscribe to Transport Topics, where you can receive exclusive access to our top 100 lists, quarterly magazines, and other news surrounding the trucking industry. To subscribe, visit ttn.ws forward slash tt subscribe. Let's picture this. Your trucking company has reached that next level, whatever it may look like. More trucks, more accounts, bigger warehouse. It's safe to say that business as usual growing on a massive scale. However, with a growing business comes growing pains that every owner goes through. As you're scaling up, there are plenty of matters that need outside help. But where to start? There's a plethora of third-party services that assist fleets in their wide array of disciplines, such as accounting, compliance, and risk management, just to name a few. So in this episode, we'll ask the questions, how can third-party services assist growing trucking companies? Where to identify the growing pain points? And how effective can these services be for fleets? To answer those questions, we'll look into risk management and compliance with Michael Prechet, President and CEO of Fleetworthy Solutions, later in the program. But now, we'll discuss the financial and accounting aspects with our first guest, Dan Rutherford, Lead CFO of Logistics and Transportation Industries with Virtual Summit CFO. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate the invite. Looking forward to chatting with you today. No problem at all. Just before we get into things, just want to let the listeners know Summit CPA Group is a sponsor of Road Signs. Um, but we won't hold that against you, Dan. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the things uh, I want to get to before we even start, you know, what is a virtual chief financial officer? Uh, it's funny you ask. I, I get that question a lot, Michael. I go to been to some conventions and stuff like that. And I tell people what I do and they're like, what, what's that? So a, a virtual CFO is basically, it's just commonly referred as a fractional CFO, part-time CFO. And what we do is we kind of fill the gap where a lot of companies are in what I call no man's land. And they're, they've kind of outgrown a small bookkeeper or, or a smaller controller but they're not big enough yet for a full-time CFO, but they need expertise. So that's where Summit CPA comes in and we fill that gap for companies. And we we come in as a, on a part-time basis and provide the expertise at a fraction of the cost. Okay. You know, um, one of the things, and you just kind of with third-party assistance, you know, we, 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 we talk about, you know, the, the shortage that's going on you know, be it the, the, the driver or be it the technician where 
you know, as in the back office help is, is still in demand. But, you know, as, as you, know, you were saying, you know, there, there are some of those holes that need to be filled and, and, and some of these, you know, fleets, you know, the, the bigger fleets that you did you work with, you know, need that particular assistance. You know, what are some of the the things, the most pressing concerns that these these fleet owners and managers have in optimizing their, their financial management? What, what are they telling you? Always at the top of the concern for any transportation logistics company or any business for that matter is cash flow management. Uh, we can't stress enough the importance of, you know, that, that that's that's the lifeblood of any business, right? And, you know, we, you don't have to be a business professional to know that's where many businesses fail is they fail to be property properly capitalized. So some of what we, we have a process where we help companies actively manage that cash flow management. We meet weekly with our clients to go over and help them uh, manage their cash, forecast their cash. And secondly, financial forecasts. One of our primary focuses at Summit is to create a financial forecast for our clients. A lot of them, you know, they, they, they have a plan where they want to go. They have an idea but they really haven't created a roadmap, you know, and what, what our founders kind of compare it to is, you know, taking a trip somewhere, you're taking a trip to Florida and you can just start off and just start randomly driving South, or you can actually look at a map and have a plan to get there. And that's where Summit comes in and we help a company actually create that financial forecast, financial income statement, balance sheet, and kind of look at the numbers and put them down on paper and analyze them. And then lastly, uh, key performance indicators. I can't stress enough the importance of companies creating and monitoring key performance in indicators. If they're, if they're doing that effectively and monitoring those on at least a weekly basis, if not daily or even hourly in trucking, then at the end of the month, when they get to create their financial statement, it shouldn't really be a surprise to them. So those are probably the three three biggest things where we come in: cash flow management, financial forecasting, and helping companies create KPIs. You know, that's a great explanation, and and it really kind of breaks down things. I, I kind of want to go to that analogy that you're you're referring to with the financial forecast, and you said a roadmap, mm -hmm. and it's yeah. just kind of versus you know blindly going to Florida, you know, just go south and you know let the road lead you where you may be. And I know probably. Exactly. Some of those uh, clients that you may have, you know, probably have that uh, particular attitude. But when 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 you're when you're talking about a roadmap and you're talking about going to that destination, you know, when you're going to that destination, you also need to have you know gas in the tank when you when you're going to that financial you know you know destination. Exactly. What what in that analogy when you said roadmap? What in that analogy? What's 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 the gas tank in that? Is that sort of the equipment financing and the the leasing agreements and things like that? Exactly. Number one is cash. Again, I mean, getting back to I I can't stress enough with the the people that I work with is lining up every bit of cash that they can get available. So you know, getting the gas in the tank that's that's a good. I'm going to use that going forward, Michael. I like, I like that. <laughs> So the, the gas in the tank, getting that, um, you know, and not only having it in the tank, knowing where your next stop is, you know, so you're not going to run out. So we coach our clients through getting lines of credit set up, even if they, they say, well, I don't need one right now. You don't know when the economy is going to slow down or anything is going to happen. You're going to hit a little bump in the road. So the best time to get access to cash is when you don't need it. That's when the banks want to talk with you. So 
we coach our clients through through that and say, let's get get your line of credit set up. Even if you don't need them, the costs of setting them up are usually pretty negligible, and the banks are much more willing to to talk to you then. Um, the other thing again is 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 the map. I, I talked to a gentleman the other day, very successful company, and he kind of kind of chuckled. He goes, "Yeah, we've got a we've got a budget around here somewhere. I don't even know where it is." <laughs> and I think that's probably pretty common for most businesses. They start off, they kind of pencil something down. Some of what, what we pride ourselves on is the cadence with our clients. We force them. We set up month or monthly meetings. We're going to meet with you every Wednesday at a certain time that, that works with them. And we're going to keep them on. We're going to hold them to it. We're going to say, let's go back and look at your forecast and how you're performing. And we're going to adjust it on the fly. You know, things change. You know, they're going to hire people. They're going to buy equipment. We're able to plug those numbers in and do different scenarios with them. So, I, I can't stress that enough. And then the founders, that's what they founded this business on is, you know, most accountants are looking backward, which is, which is, which is critical. You know, you need historical information. A CFO is going to be looking forward. They're going to take that historical information, which we want and we want it accurate, but we're going to take that and apply it forward. We're always talking about what's next month, what's next year, what's next quarter look like. So to, to, to use your analogy, the gas in the tank, that, that's exactly what we need. And another thing I wanted to stress, too, uh, well, th- thanks for explaining that. And, and um, you can, you're more than free to use that analogy <laughs> with, 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 your, <laughs> with your clients. Uh, and you had mentioned the, the, the KPI, the key performance indicators. Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and working in that regard with your clients, and you had said that they – kind of have that aha moment if I'm uh, interpreting that correctly. Mm-hmm. What are some of the points in, in those KPIs? What are some of those uh, intangibles that you see when you're working with your clients to get those aha moments? Right. It's fun. It's funny. When I first got in the industry, uh, probably 25 years ago, Michael, uh, I worked with a gentleman, a very successful businessman, and I learned a lot from him. And he, he you talk about a keep, keep it simple, um, stupid attitude. That's what he had. And I laugh because his KPIs were literally, he would go over to his accounts receivable drawer, pull it open. If it was full, that was good. He'd walk around his yard. If, he had, if all of his trucks were gone, that was good. And he'd look in his big uh, backhaul book. And if it was full, that, those were, were good KPIs for him. And, and it's, it's almost that simple. And then now we've got to, to an age where we've got dashboards and we can collect data, you know, such, you know, so much more uh, quickly and accurately. But having uh, KPIs such as, you know, revenue, revenue per mile, revenue per truck, you know, if you've got a logistics operation, revenue per, per broker, one of the things when I, I actually ran a logistics operation for about three and a half years, we monitored our losses on loads, not so much from the standpoint of, you know, are we doing bad? If we weren't taking enough losses, that kind of meant, you know, we weren't, we weren't taking uh, enough risk, kind of like a quarterback in football. You know, if, if you're, you've got a high percentage completion, well, maybe you're just throwing all your little short passes. You know, you're, you know, you can complete check them. You're down. never going field. Yeah, exactly. You're just little check down passes. Every now and then you got to go long, right? So anyway, having those KPIs and having them and monitoring them, I should just sit and watch them all day long. And at the end of the month, I had no surprises how we had done. So we can't stress enough at Summit having those, monitoring them, 
uh, throughout the week and you, and, and even at the end of the month, looking at how you did. I'm sure having the logistics background and being in the business for as long as you have been gives you that uh, advantage when you're speaking to potential clients about their financial situation, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was a CFO at one company and, and actually I kind of was a, a virtual CFO and didn't know it. I worked for two companies and, and, uh, I didn't know that was even the title. I just thought I was working hard was what I was doing. So, <laughs> um, so I worked for, for two different companies as a CFO for, I don't know, at least 15 years, 18 years. And then I moved over to run the logistics division, a large logistics division for one of them and had a lot of fun doing it. And I was able to apply my financial background um, to running that operation and create um, it was kind of fun to create KPIs and stuff that I knew would feed into a strong uh, financial statement, strong income statement, strong balance sheet. So I, we created a lot of KPIs that we we knew at the end of the month, if we were hitting those, you know, I, I barely had to even look at the financial statement. I could tell them how we did just based off our KPIs. So absolutely having a, having a, an operation background as, as in, in addition to the financial background is a, a big strength, I think, when I'm talking to business owners. That's good to hear. You know, let, let's let's uh, change gears for a moment. You know, we're sure. talking about cash flow issues, you know, but mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's also the risk management aspect of it, you know, and that absolutely. And, and, and when, when things, um, when it comes to insurance and when it comes to risk, you know, there's definitely a lot of money managing involved with, with mm -hmm. that, you know, and especially with an industry that, you know, you're hearing about nuclear verdicts and exactly. you know, there's always regulatory compliance concerns going on. Uh, how, you know, what is your approach to, to, to that? And, and how do you help fleets uh, in that regard? Yeah, it's, it's perfect timing. I actually had a conversation with a client this morning about that exact same thing. Um, and, you know, the, the word, he used the word nuclear verdict, you know, uh, which has been rampant the last few years, rightly so. And, you know, obviously, we, number one, talk to your attorney. That's always number our number one advice, especially in the transportation industry. But, you know, we're usually, you know, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with attorneys over the years in this area. So we, we were usually pretty well aligned on our on our strategies. And number one strategy in the transportation business is keep your assets out of your operating entity. Keep your, especially your cash. And that was a conversation I had with a gentleman this morning is I felt like he was a little too cash flush. And I said, let's, let's move some of that cash out of your company and not expose it. There's no reason to, as long as you're not creating any um, income tax, you know, ramification, get that cash out of the company. So if something bad does go, does happen. You're not exposing, you know, that cash to a potential lawsuit. Um, I always recommend, and it, it, it may be Dan's personal preference, but I was always a big fan of high deductibles on insurance, uh, just like your car insurance for your family. When you're paying a low deductible, you're paying a high premium. And one of the reasons I recommend a high deductible is I think it's important for the owner of the company to see when those claims come through and have to write a check for them because they're a lot uh, more likely to react to the cause of that instead of just saying, turn it over to insurance and let them write the check and pay the higher premium. I think it's a, a better management style if you can afford it, if you've got uh, the wherewithal to maintain a high deductible um, on your, on your insurance so that you're not paying um, that you're paying the claims out of your pocket and keeping your premiums down. 
And then main, the last thing is keep separate entities. Again, consult an attorney, but we always highly recommend a structure of keeping your assets out of your operating entity, have a leasing company set up for your equipment and lease it back to your operating entity, as well as your real estate. So any assets you can keep out of the operating entity, I think any attorney, um, again, um, I'm not an attorney, but I think most attorneys I've spoken to have always recommended that strategy. So keep cash out, high deductibles on your policies, and uh, maintain a equipment leasing and real estate leasing company so your your hard assets are out of the operating entity. Okay, you know the, you know that you know risk management is, is such a you know a, a puzzle for for fleet exactly. managers and and, mm-hmm. and having you know that that uh, you know that, that that guidance is I'm pretty sure is. Uh, is worth its weight and and mm-hmm. gold, Dan. You know, one of the one of the things before I, I get you out of here, Dan. One of the things sure. I like to do with, with guests on road signs is, you know, you have you've you've worn your your uh, your CFO hat <laughs> very proudly in this in this interview. But I often I like to ask you know my guests to put on their analyst hat as being a uh, a thought leader in their segment of the industry. So I ask mm-hmm. of you. Uh, Dan, the the, uh, the the question of the, the the trends that are going on in third party financial services. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things that that I've that I've seen a lot when it comes to third party. You know, as you you know, as you are a virtual CFO, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot of things that are going on with the role of technology playing in uh, what you're doing for a living and helping fleets, and and also the 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 use of the, the data that's that's uh, so available to, to, to fleets and, and just kind of sure. having all that particular information and, and one having paralysis by analysis, you know, and, and not wanting, not knowing what to do with that information. Um, exactly. I mean, that's just one of the trends, you know, you, you might touch upon something else, but are, are, are trends like that, are, are, are there, is that something that you're seeing in, in your space or, and if not, what, what are you seeing? Uh, as far as like trends in third party uh, um, services, I think that's going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. I think um, you think about it and there's no reason for it, you know, uh, working in this role with the technology, like you said, that we have available to us, you can access talent from all over the country. You don't have to look, Hey, I'm, I'm in my town. Who's available. My, my CFO just quit. I don't have anyone. I've got to go within, you know, a 50 mile square radius of my town to see who's out there. And I grab whoever, whoever's available. You know, with technology that we have now, and, and some of it's actually been working this way for years, they were kind of a, they weren't kind of, they were they were a leader in the industry in doing this. So we're kind of ahead of the game in a lot of companies. But having that technology to be able to do that and being able to, to uh, access talent throughout the country, I think is, is critical. You know, the ability to video conference, cloud software, so we can access software from anywhere, digital images so that we can get access to, you know, uh, images of accounts payable or whatever documents and everything and share them back and forth. Those tools allow us to to do the job from anywhere. And then data crunching, you know, some of, we use a lot of tools to take the client's financials and pretty them up, dump them into our reporting software and provide them back some key indicators like, you know, return on assets, return on equity, their average days to pay, 
and to summarize all that stuff for them. So I think the trend in the industry, this is going to, going to continue. I think the virtual CFO um, market's going to continue and get more competitive. And it's good for industry out there. It's good for them to be able to reach out to talent all over the country. And, you know, I, I, I deal with companies all, all over the country. And, you know, I, I may go see them once a year, you know, just to, to sit down across the table from them. I think that's uh, valuable. And we're all in favor of that. But, 98% of what we can do, we can do uh, virtually. So I, I think that trend is going to continue and, and, and get even stronger. I, I just kind of wanted to ask about that with the, uh, you know, you, you're meeting with the clients, you know, you're, you know, as you said, mm-hmm. you know, virtual CFO, you know, yep. and, and you meet with them that, that maybe periodically, you know, once a year, you said, uh, maybe a few times a year. We, we meet with them virtually um, at least two or three times a, a month. Um, and our, we've, we've got, uh, an accounting staff. So a lot of times there's two or three of us that work with a client. And I think that's where somewhere summit distinguishes itself a little bit from other firms is we have a whole team that a lot of times was working with a client. So if I'm off on vacation or, or whatever, the client still has a, a senior advisor they can reach out to if they've got a question and so forth. So we build a lot of redundancy into our, our program. So the client has a whole team available to them. And we also collaborate a lot. We, we meet every Friday, all the CFOs do. And we're, we're constantly bouncing ideas off each other and looking for the best and greatest for our clients to bring best practices to them. We've been speaking with Dan Rutherford, virtual chief financial officer and lead CFO of transportation and logistics industries. Dan, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Appreciate the invite and uh, look forward to future conversations. Likewise. If your transportation and logistics operation doesn't have a full-time CFO to guide you through challenging financial decisions, you may be the perfect fit for Summit Virtual CFO by Anders. Find out how by visiting summitcpa.net. Welcome back to Road Signs. To learn more about third-party efficiency and how it helps fleets, we're going to speak with Michael Prechet, CEO of Fleetworthy Solutions. Welcome to the show, Michael. Good afternoon, everyone. Michael, what I wanted to talk about, you know, you're in the arena of um, fleet compliance and, and helping fleets through, through audit management and through their help through the compliance process. One of the things in, in this industry, you know, we have trucking companies that have been around for a long while, for, for many years and decades. And with these older fleets that are in the logistics industry, uh, you know, they're coping with the new technologies that are, that are coming that are coming forth and needing that help to do whatever they need to do, whether it be, um, you know, audit management in, in your case or, you know, back office help or or, or just, um, you know, technology, in-cap technologies. You know, there, there's a certain type of resistance that these older fleet owners and managers have in that particular process. So my, my question to you in that particular space, being a third party vendor and helping these fleets, you know, especially with audit, man, audit and risk management, you know, how, how do you help these these older fleets in the logistics industry cope with the, the emergence of new technologies? So we like to focus on, you know, you kind of hit on it. There, There's clearly a paradigm that's occurring, especially with some of the uh, companies that have been in the business for a while. And, and the paradigm that I talk about is the fact that if you look at the technological advancements that are happening inside the cab on a commercial vehicle and how fast it's how fast it's improving, um, and then you compare that to the infrastructure 
of most of these companies, safety departments, there's this, this uneven equation, right? So you have a, a truck that's very technologically technologically advanced, almost looks like a, a plane that's that's pushing out a lot of data that governmental agencies are using to decide whether you're compliant or not. And then you have a safety department that's still using spreadsheets, you know, AS four hundreds, outdated homegrown solutions, not to mention losing, you know, that native knowledge as their work their workforce gets older and are retiring and things. So what Fleetworthy tries to do is we've created a platform you know, that's built on a modern stack, uh, cloud-based, so that we can keep up with the advancements that are happening in the cab, consume that data for these these carriers, and then layer on top of that actionable uh, recommendations so that they, you know, can stay on top of being compliant, even if they're maybe lagging technologically. You know, one of the things, um, you, you, you were featured on a, a previous uh article in Transport Topics, uh, you know, be sure everyone to, to check that out on ttnews.com. And uh, one of the things that you that you said, uh, th- that you referred to, uh, you, 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 you touched upon it previously, just sort of the, you know, technology that supports compliance and audit, man- audit management needs to be able to ingest and digest data, you know, and, and from the experiences that I've seen, you know, there's, there's a lot of you know, paralysis by analysis, you know, all, all that data, as you said, you know, more like a, um, you know, um, you know, sipping through a, a fire hydrant, you know. So um, can, can you elaborate on that? Just the, the ingest and digest, because there's a lot of data that, that, that comes in. How, how should fleet operators uh, decipher that information to that's, that's the customary for them? Yeah. So we, you know, our goal is to we kind of take a three-legged stool approach when we're we're working with our customers. You know, I mentioned the technology, uh, but the other leg is you know our staff of of compliance experts that become an extension of the the compliance team at the carrier. And you know on the technology side, we just want to give straightforward. We call them you know either tasks or work requests, so that as we analyze you know their compliance performance either at the driver level or at the asset level. The technology is giving clear, you know, direction on the things and the steps that they need to take to continue to drive compliance and and, and make sure they're running their their business within the regulatory um, levels that are expected by the FMCSA and the DOT. So we, we've tried to build this platform, you know, to be kind of an extension of of their safety departments, analyzing things 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and when the safety professional, you know logs onto our system, the system's telling them the steps that they, that they need to take to mitigate risk. You know, one of the things with, you know, having a, you know, a transportation, transportation management system and helping carriers stay compliant, um, you, how much of, you know, handholding or just basic explanation for your customers when it, when it comes to uh, understanding, for instance, IFTA regulations, how much of, of that is involved? I, mean, I know there's a certain amount of training, but I mean, is there a sort of, sort of bounce that you, that you strike when, when speaking to your customers? Yeah, we want to, we want to make sure that we're doing the, the heavy, you know, analysis of the data and doing the crunching and then giving them really clear steps. So you mentioned IFTA, you know, so we have a platform that can consume all of the mileage data, the fuel data, all those things that are important. Um, give the the customer, you know, what's their exposure from a cost perspective. Um, once they understand it and, and verify that our data is correct, we can actually take that back from them and actually do the filing for them um, so that they don't even have to do that step. So we, we want to offer a full service, a, a, 
a full bag of services, not only technologically, but the service that you, the services that you wrap around the technology so that the, our customers can really focus on the exceptions, the big strategic, you know, problems that they had to fix and they can rely on, on us for the day-to-day um, tactical steps that need to be taken. So that, you know, the subject matter, the subject matter experts that you have on staff and, you know, the, the technologies that you, that you provide that, that's sort of, I mean, it's hand in hand in, in helping those particular customers, uh, you know, in, in doing that, you know, what are some of the challenges uh, that, that large fleets face in, in handling compliance requirements uh, compared to small fleets? How, how's, how's that? Is that different at all? Yeah, it's hugely different, you know. First, the footprint, you know, large carriers that have um, drivers and assets operating in, you know, many, many different states now have to worry about all the intricate changes that happens as you go from one jurisdiction to the next. Uh, So the ability to maintain the knowledge of, you know, how do things run in California compared to things in Florida? You know, that's a hard thing for for carriers of size to have that that subject matter expertise on staff when, you know, their job, whether it's a for hire fleet, which is to, to uh, deliver things to, you know, separate locations for customers or private fleets that, you know, have a large fleet and their, you know, their top line revenues based on the, the stuff that they sell. Uh, they don't necessarily have the ability to invest in day-to-day compliance focus, right? So we fill the gaps with our people and we augment, you know, the knowledge of our customers with our technology. That, in that day-to-day compliance, Mike, I mean, it, what does that consist of? I mean, is that, uh, is there one particular uh, concern or, or just, um, I, I want to say not being compliant, but is there one egregious offense that, that's, that's greater than, than others? Well, you know, we break it, we kind of simplify it into three things. You know, it's driver compliance, and then asset compliance, and then you know fuel compliance, as you mentioned with IFTA, and in each of those of those different towers, there's there's a plethora of of, that, of problems that they're trying to solve while being compliant. You know, on the driver side, we all have heard about driver shortage and and you know the aging driver community and how do we get younger um, professionals coming into the workforce interested in, in driving commercial vehicles. So there's this pressure that you're getting by, I got to go and get my drivers quickly, but you can't forget about doing it in a, in a legal compliant way. Right. So it's doing all this, the work of doing, you know, safety performance history checks and background checks and drug, drug and alcohol tests and clearing house. I mean, there's so much that needs to be done. Um, and you know, a lot of times, they don't have the staff to focus on all the steps it takes to bring on a commercial driver. Um, so we help fill those gaps. You, you know, it's, I, I like that you, you had mentioned the, the driver shortage and, you know, and, and the whole precipice of getting, um, you know, getting drivers into the fold and, and doing that due diligence. Uh, you know, and we had this conversation before uh, when we, we, we had met at the, the ATA headquarters earlier this year, where, you um, it goes beyond that too. The, the, the management, the the the, the, um, the risk management of it, where you know you have that driver that that's in that fold, but you also have now the technology that your your team has provided to to monitor the the, the, the safety of the driver, the, the 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 trends of that particular driver. Um, what what types what types of um, benefits the, does that have when um, when fleet managers are able to have that particular amount of data and they're able to uh, do something with that. What, what are some of the things that, that could be done with that particular p- 
piece of data. So the you know one of the the clear benefits is you know customers that are working with us and and take compliance seriously and they want to go beyond the minimum. What they start being able to do is weave all these different KPIs and data points and start creating a profile of what they consider you know the perfect driver for them both culturally and and from a safety perspective. And because we're capturing all these all sorts of data, you know we're we're allowing our customers to create a driver scorecard and understanding what are what are the indicators that this is a this person is a, a good you know fit culturally um, from a regulatory perspective from a safety perspective and you know the more thorough you are about keeping your arms around uh, these things from a compliance perspective the easier it is to find the right profile to bring them on board and to get them you know from an applicant status into the cab quickly speaking about feedback of this you know, from from your customers when you know they're satisfied with your service they're doing it's, it's doing the things that they want to do and it's it's helping them concentrate on the the issues that that are prevalent to, to their operations have you um what are some of the things that that that, that your your customer base is, is raving about with uh with using your product so one was what i just mentioned you know although we're not an applicant tracking company you know we get a lot of positive feedback about the fact that we compress the time it takes that applicant to get into the cab by 30 to 40 percent and that's a hugely that's a huge benefit for our our customers you know once they're the driver is in our system and and being monitored by us you know we're we're improving their ability to maintain compliance, making sure that driver qualification files are accurate. Not only is their data in their, Q, in their DQ file, but it's accurate data, legible, which leads to their ability to get through um, FMCSA audits a lot quicker, a lot more cost effectively without getting fines, you know, or being shut down, right? So those are the early, those are some of the, the, the positive things. And the other one is, you know, the longer you're doing this and the the, long, the more history that you have that, hey, we are serious about compliance, we follow the regs, you know, you start mitigating the risk of, you know, the dreaded nuclear verdicts that we're seeing over and over again in the in the industry. That's one thing I wanted to, to point out as well too. During our conversation previously during the year, um, you, you had talked about just the, the relationships, you know, between the fleets and and also with the the regulatorial agents provide the audits to to your customers and one of the things that really grabbed me was when you had said just the the, the confidence and as you, you know several times in this interview where you're serious about compliance and does having that relationship with the you know the government agencies that, that are working with the fleets i mean does that help with your presence in in, in that whole dynamic you know just kind of uh when the audit when the audit process comes, you know, they have your service and, you know, the, the regulatorial, the regulatorial agent that's working on that uh, is, you know, uh, it feels pretty confident. I mean, is that sort of the, the atmosphere, you know, when, when those audits do come? Absolutely. You know, so you have to, you know, we've been in business for 40 years and you can imagine we have a very horizontal um, footprint when it comes to our customer base. And, and we learn a lot of things from, you know, different size organizations, different industries and things and we take what we learn from those other those numerous industries and we bring them to bear to help you know our new customers so absolutely when an auditor walks in and realizes oh you're working with fleetworthy you know they understand that hey clearly you take you know regulatory compliance seriously uh so they have a tendency to dig in less 
because they they're familiar with our platform. You know, we we interact with the auditors a lot more than our customers do just because of our, our footprint, you know, in our, in our customer base. So we learn a lot, you know, and we have a, a lot more muscle memory when it comes to audits than individual carriers, whether it be private or for hire suite, because they don't do it as much as we do. Well, that's a that's a very powerful tool in, in, in the niche that you that you're in, just having that, that, that confidence with your customers and the, the, the government agencies that, that they work with, that, you know, these audit processes are going to be smooth, all, you know, as cumbersome as they, as they are. Um, before I, I, I leave you and and uh, let you enjoy the, the nice Madison, Wisconsin, uh, you know, almost summer day <laughs> that's out there. Um, I'm going to ask you to put your your analyst hat on and, you, and just basically basically ask you the question, you know, where do you see the, you know, the audit management, risk management space that, that you're in? Where do you see that as a whole, having that 10,000 foot view and in, in, in the future, be it the next five or 10 years? So I think what you're going to see as, um, you know, data sources um, become more and more uh, prevalent and relevant, whether it be the data that's coming out of the cab or uh, the data that are in all the different uh, dispersed data sources of data. I think you're going to see the government more and more uh, consume this data in an automated fashion. And I think it's going to be important for carriers to stay on top of that and be in front of that curve, leverage technology so that they're seeing the same data that the governmental agencies are seeing and can proactively you know, make decisions to mitigate any kind of trend in risk, right? So we're trying to make compliance much more of a proactive equation than a reactive equation. And the only way we're going to do that is being able to consume, gather that data, tap into our data lake of being in business for 40 years and and give very compelling direction to our customers on proactive steps they can take to maintain compliance and make sure their drivers are getting home safe and the roads become safer and safer every day. Uh, Michael, I have to follow up with you on that. You had mentioned in the beginning automated and this being a, a podcast where we cover the trends that are happening. Does automated mean artificial intelligence? <laughs> does that, I mean, w- would that play a role in things? So, you know, we are dabbling in where does AI, you know, make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that that makes us maintain that the key is a three-legged stool that includes, you know, com- software, human beings, and understanding of data, uh, you know, until the the government says, hey, our audits are going to be done by a computer or, or artificial intelligence, uh, you know, we feel that, you know, the, the human aspect of our business is very important because in the end, even though the government does use a lot of technology, it's a person that knocks on your door, sits down with you and wants to start analyzing what you guys are doing right or wrong. So, I do think machine le- machine learning and AI can get you so far, but there's still you know a large human aspect when it comes to transportation. I mean, you said you're dabbling in AI, or just kind of in the the, the, the experiment phase, or just the researching phase of this when uh, when it's coming through the application of of your service, or or yeah. So an example, I mean, we're, we're leveraging technology where it makes sense. You know, I mentioned our platform. You know, what what we want to take advantage of is you know, machines, whether it be AI or machine learning or whatever, the benefit of that is they can, you know, that type of technology can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And we think that, so we're leveraging that when we're analyzing, you know, the, the science that's in compliance, you know, expiring documents, you know, all the rules around IFTA, hours of service, very straightforward things that, 
have you know simple simple data that you can leverage technology to kind of consume and crunch. Um, but we still think there there needs when you, when you're talking about you know onboarding a person who wants to drive for a a, a, a new company or a new carrier. There's still a human aspect that's always needed, right? There, there's still the the safety performance histories that we're reaching out to to you know uh, prior employers to make sure that that driver is a safe driver, right? There's still belly to belly things that we're going to need to do, and you know that's why you know our large staff of client services professionals that have a lot of of tenure and industry experience are always going to be a really big part of our our company and our value proposition. In this industry, is it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, but for sure. Um, we've been speaking with Mike Prichet, CEO of Fleetworthy. Mr. Prichet, it was a pleasure having you on for your first appearance at Road Science. I enjoyed it. Everyone have a great day. If you're looking for strategic financial guidance to take your transportation and logistics operation to the next level, that's what we do at Summit Virtual CFO by Anders. Find out how at summitcpa.net. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. How can third-party services assist growing trucking companies? Where to identify the growing pain points? And how effective can these services be for fleets? First, a big thanks for our guests, Michael Prichet and Dan Rutherford, for coming on to the show. As we heard from them, it's a two-pronged approach when it comes to assisting their clients' needs. Prichet noted, the foundation lies heavily not only on the innovation, but the education of it. It's not enough to have the latest trends. Learning what to do with it is key. Additionally, as Rutherford explained, it is also important to find where the need is, then provide and execute that solution, as he put it, filling in the gap. Giving the client a sufficient roadmap will allow them to succeed in a tight trucking market, and it will also go a long way to obtaining a proper footing in the industry. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.